Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Bottom of the eighth inning in Baltimore, the Jays and Orioles tied at three. The Jays chasing the Seattle Mariners for that third and final wildcard spot in the American League. They are uh, one game behind the Mariners for that spot. Rick Wallacher named interim president and CEO for the Edmonton Elks today. Also, Rick Pracy hired as the new director of amateur scouting for the Edmonton Oilers, replacing Tyler Wright, who was let go. Oh, speaking of the Oilers, uh, we uh, are over a month away from uh, preseason hockey here on 630 Chad. And that means Gene Principe will start to get busy. Well, he was busy already. We've been talking a lot about the Edmonton Marathon. And uh, whenever I get a chance to talk to Gene, it's great. I don't see him around as much uh, as I used to. Uh, but uh, it's always nice to catch up with Gene, who's going to tell a pretty cool story about the uh, his experience at the Edmonton Marathon. Gene, nice to have you back on the show. How you doing? I'm doing good. I certainly miss seeing you and Morley. We used to see each other quite a lot. But uh, the world of broadcasting, I guess, has kind of changed a little bit. We're, we're heavy hockey, as you know, and we're heavy baseball as uh, owners of the Blue Jays. And uh, we do a little less coverage uh, than at one time, but that doesn't mean that you and Morley aren't dear friends of mine. And I obviously will send you guys messages via social media or text, considering how great a job you've done during uh, not only one difficult season, but a few uh, difficult seasons. Well, thank you. And uh, you know, you're not, you're not, we're not alone in that. You've, you've had to call or, or work through some tough Oilers seasons as well. It's just the way it goes. And, I think in the current broadcasting uh, landscape and media landscape, just to be uh, able to keep doing what we're doing is a joy. So uh, we're just going to keep doing it. And uh, okay, so I, I know you're really good at, uh, at at your at your job, and you know you always are. You're fun, and you're you're light, and you're professional. And I know you're a runner as well. So there's always the leisure side of Gene Principe. But you ran in the Edmonton Marathon. You ran a full. And anytime I hear anyone do this, I go, way to go. Because I'm honestly frightened to uh, to run uh, more than like five minutes. Um, <laughs> so way to go, Gene. Like, like, yeah. like impressive accomplishment. And tell me about the story of you wanting to run a full marathon at the Edmonton marathon. And I, I don't know if, was this your first, is this your first time trying this? Yeah, it is. Um, so I, I guess my story is probably similar. You know, I saw a stat the other day, uh, Dave, that said 0.17 of the population runs a marathon. And uh, I don't know if that's true. And I don't even know what that number would be, but it, it or 0 0.017. So I thought, well, that's not that many people. I think I've always been uh, somewhat fascinated and impressed by people who do it or even try to do it, to be honest with you. And so it's something, you know, my wife reminded me the other day, and I've, I've been married 26 years and, and uh, together with her for 30. She's like, I, I remember like meeting you even back then you talked about, oh, you know, one day I'd like to run a marathon. And and I, I would say I'm a runner, like I've been a soccer referee, soccer player. I, I'm a uh, when, I, when I go for a run, it's five miles, four miles, six miles, like, like a decent distance, but certainly not 26.2 miles or 42 kilometers. 
So it's something I've always kind of had on the brain. And last summer, I ran a half marathon uh, just on my own, to be honest with you, Dave. I didn't sign up and get in with all the hoopla and the start line and all that. I just mm-hmm. wanted to do it on my own to see kind of where I was at. And I did it. Um, it 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 hurt, uh, but it wasn't something that, that made me at that point say, I'm not doing a full fast forward to about April. Uh, I started an 18-week program that I got off the internet. And with the, you know, the, the due date of August 20th, uh, you know, you cross off every week and away you go and you run and you run some long distances. The longest I ran was 18 miles. I had a couple of injuries. I, I tweaked a hamstring and I pulled a calf muscle, which prevented me from running what in my program was the longest run, 20 miles. Mm. Uh, so you're in the vicinity, but I tell you what, Dave, it's those last six that it's not the first six. The first 10K, I'm like, hmm. This is not easy, but manageable. Uh, next 10 or 11, you start to feel it. Uh, the third 10 or 11, you're like, hmm, my legs are really starting to hurt. And the last about five, six Ks, four miles or so, ooh, baby, I wanted to quit more times than I could count. But I just, and, and I will say this, Dave, and I know it's a bit of a run-on answer here, but I, I wouldn't consider myself to be a real mentally tough guy. And I've just never been as an athlete. I, I, I'm not like, I don't cower, but I, uh, I'm not like some people who just, they will not stop till they get what they want. Yeah. But on that day, I would not stop till I got what I wanted. I just, I, I was something that I, that I had to do, that I wanted to do. And I, I, I didn't want to disappoint, uh, and usually we don't say this, I didn't want to disappoint myself because mm-hmm. I was the one that put the time and the energy and the sacrifices into it, along with support from my family. So I wanted to do it for me and I wanted to do it for them. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about those last uh, kilometers because I had Janelle Bykowski on the show uh, last night. She won the uh, women's marathon, the women's full marathon. Um, in her I very- saw her. Yeah, I saw her, Dave. You know, uh, when she she was she, we were going one way. We were sort of on that right. uh, past the half, and she was coming back. And they had some cyclists around her saying, "You know, uh, number one female coming through. Number one female coming through." She was wow, and I didn't know till after it was her first. Unbelievable. Yeah. And coming off an ankle injury, and she did it in four months training, which is impressive. But she, uh, she yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you, Dave. Like that's the thing. Uh, the way I felt at the end, um, if I hadn't trained, so I trained for four months, mm-hmm. and it took me four hours thirty seconds, uh, four hours thirty minutes, and forty two seconds. And she did it in what? A little over three just hours, under three, or, or yeah. just under three. Yeah. So. Listen, just like Connor McDavid is is born with certain gifts and then has evolved through his hard work, there are those that are like that. So amazing, amazing story. Great lady to do that. You talked, you talked about the mental side of the game to, or the sport too, and she said those last 10 kilometers, boy, oh boy, you're battling yourself mm-hmm. uh, constantly. That's when the demons start to come in. So <laughs> to hear you say that and to, to, to hear the exact same comment from – uh, basically, a you know a a a pro runner or just a, a an athletic runner or, or competitive runner, I should say, is uh, is is something that really resonates with me. And also, what resonates with me is the is just the mental and physical discipline you have to have. So when you said you were training, was this all on your own? Your 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 own coach? Your your own? Uh, 
yeah um yeah trainer I, that sort of thing i mean that, that's impressive because you you could you could go well i'm just gonna run a little less today and i'm gonna eat maybe yeah. a little bit more today yeah. of what i really want but uh, tell me about that mental discipline you got to have to to really self-govern yourself for sure dave i know that uh there's you know the running room who is where i went the one near the university of alberta uh to get my my you know the package of stuff my bib and uh, actually they don't give you much everything's online now virtually <laughs> you, get a, you get a bib and you get a t-shirt and they say go for it um for sure you have to motivate yourself i wasn't in any kind of running room group or i don't have friends that that either run that distance or run at that time. I was out the door 6.37 in the mornings. Um, for me, I'm an early riser and that's quiet time. And, and I was also not someone, I didn't wear any headphones or listen to music. I just I just went. And while the, the city of Edmonton isn't necessarily quiet at 7 a.m., it's a lot quieter than it is at 4.30 p.m. And so right. you take in the sights and the sounds and, you know, you're running in and around your neighborhood and, and you've got friends that'll see you and give you a honk and some will text you later and say, I didn't honk. I didn't want you to trip. And I'm like, yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> take much. Um, so you just go about your business. And I, I would say the first kilometer of every run, whether it's five or 10 K or, or 15 or 20 or whatever it was, is always kind of like, Oh, you know, I, I never did. I have a run that was just like, Oh my, I, I killed it. Yeah. I mean, the, the four mile run certainly feels less than the 12 mile. So in that sense, you're like, like well, that was easy, but the actual physical part of it wasn't easy. It was just shorter. Um, and you, you do have to push yourself. And I, I found myself, uh, maybe it's age, maybe it's being motivated to do something. I, I, I think that, I do understand now the mental side of it, and, and you and I are around athletes all the time, and they talk about it, and you 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 one of those you have to live it to now. I I'm not I'm not going to understand Connor McDavid because I'm not who he is. Um, I'm not going to understand Trey Ford because I'm not who he is. But I feel like I have a small little insight into what it takes to push yourself. I think farther than you even thought you could be pushed to get to where you want to be and accomplish what you want to accomplish. So I think that's what I learned about myself because I, I, if I had been in some kind of uh, running simulator and it would have shown me or had me feel what my legs felt like, um, I'm not sure I would have done it. In fact, I saw Mark Fistrick, former Oiler, as we were at about 20, I would say around 28K, and I was feeling, you know, pretty good, mm -hmm. reasonable anyways. Right. Uh, and then he saw me again about 34K, and I could just see by him looking at me, and he kind of chuckled like, he can see it now that I'm laboring. Yeah. And this, this, is, this is tough. But you do have to push yourself. I don't know if I ever ran another one. Like, you know, my kids uh, who were very supportive and were there at this line, and my wife, uh, they said, would you run another one at – Right after the race, hard no. The next day, three to five percent. Ask me today, maybe five to ten percent. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure if I'd ever run one again. I, yeah. I think at least I would consider running one again. <laughs> Gene Principe from Sportsnet. And uh, when we come back, we'll hear about uh, the uh, error that Gene made that made the race a, a little bit tougher for him on Sunday. That's next on Inside Sports. 
subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Dave Campbell with you. This portion of the program brought to you by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Speaking with Sportsnet's Gene Principe, ran his first full marathon at the Edmonton Marathon on Sunday. And Gene, uh, we spoke earlier uh, before the interview, and you had mentioned you made a you made a mistake. Explain the mistake. So I eat uh, Saturday night around uh, seven o'clock, and then uh, Sunday morning I had looked up sort of what you should eat, and it said you know a good thing is a bagel or something along those lines. But I, I don't eat before I run because I run early. So I brought the bagel with me, and I said to my wife, I, I don't really feel like eating. I'll, maybe I'll split it in half and put half in each of my pockets in my shorts and. Then I was like, nah, I don't feel like eating. But I did know that there were stations that had uh, these gel, uh, I guess, energy gels, right. whatever you want to call them. Electrolytes. And I thought, well, I'll have those. Yeah. So they have water, they have electrolytes, and they have these gels. And the other thing, Dave, I, I'm not suggesting this. In fact, I might not do it if I did a marathon again. I never stopped. I never stopped. Um, I never went to the bathroom once. Um, I just kept running. Early on, I kept running because I felt like I had a good mojo going and I didn't want to stop. And then later, I didn't want to stop because I was worried I wouldn't get started again. But in the interim, they had all these stations, uh, water, electrolytes, and these gel uh, caps, gel packs. And uh, one kid made me take one, and I just put it in my pocket. So I never ate a thing. Wow. From seven o'clock Saturday night till almost not just about eleven forty-five on Sunday morning, and then this young gentleman that I met, uh, we, we Instagrammed each other a little bit uh, at, on race day, and he was he was his birthday. He was like twenty-five, and he said to me, he goes, "Oh, I, my, the last three miles, my legs were really hurting, and uh, uh, I think if I'd had more of those gel packs, that would have helped me." And I thought. I didn't even have one gel pack, so <laughs> I, I don't know if it would have hurt me or would have helped me. I, I don't know because I never had one. Um, even the electrolytes, I I just went with straight water. And, uh, you know, away I went. I will say this. Uh, I, I got to give a shout out to Pace Bunnies, uh, Dave. For, for someone who's never been around a marathon or, or, or not running one, they have these Pace Bunnies. So you get mm-hmm. to the start line and they wear ears and they have a little stick and on the stick, they have their time and so it's three hours or three and a half or four or four and a half and so i went with the i actually went with the 445 guy to start and silly me i thought it was kind of slow the first couple of kilometers <laughs> so i could see the 430 guy I said well i'm going to run up and catch him yeah and i stayed with him for 10 kilometers he stopped uh with the other people because he has to keep a certain pace right so he stopped i kept running he actually caught me at the halfway point and I'm like, perfect. I need your help now more than ever. Mm-hmm. I stayed with him off and on through to about 35, I would say 36 kilometers around there, 37. And then I couldn't keep up with him anymore. And he said, you know what? He goes, you got to go. I go, I know, but I can't stay with you anymore. And he said, well, don't worry. He goes, uh, I'm at a 426 pace. So you still should be able to make 430. And I, I, I was 42 seconds over 4:30, so I, I you know, I'm kind of, I made what I wanted to make basically. But those pace bunnies are unbelievable. Like they, because you get in a little group, right? But it's like 
real world. You watch on TV and you got a group and then some people start to drop off and then more people start to drop off. By the time he left me, there were only, I think, two people in the group because we just we couldn't do it. I wonder what the atmosphere is like on on race day and at the start line and then especially at the finish line. Obviously, you know, you said your family's there and um, because all the experiences, you know, I talked to Reed about this a lot and, you know, he says when you're when it's race day, it's not you're racing against everyone. You're competing against everyone. You're competing against yourself. You're trying to maybe get a, you know, see if you can get a personal best. But it's a very much an inviting type of atmosphere and very celebratory. Did Is that what you experienced or what, what's your experience, uh, uh, you know, as far as when the race just before the race goes and after the race is done? Yeah, when you talk about the atmosphere, it's certainly, you know, it was a bit of a chilly start to the day, and uh, but everybody, everyone's fresh, right? Everyone's excited. And this young man that I met uh, who was celebrating his birthday by running the marathon, he took a selfie with me. And it was funny because the, the, the uh, Sunday night or Monday, he sent me the selfie, and I go, wow, did I ever look like happy, uh, fresh, excited? Uh, um, and then the race starts, and uh, one of the things I, I got to do a big shout out to people on on the streets. And they don't even know who you are, right? It's all there's some people that are there specifically uh, for you know a brother, or a sister, uh, an uncle, a son, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But then there's people who just cheer you on. They're like, "Go for it! You got it! Uh, keep it up! You're doing great!" And I, I will share this with you: uh, as long as you're feeling great. It's wonderful when you get towards the end and they're saying that you're thinking, I'm dying here. I really (laughs) appreciate this, but I am like, my legs are just, they're gone. And, you know, interestingly enough, I think when I started the marathon uh, preparation, I thought it would be my, I knew my legs would hurt, but I thought it'd be more of a lung. Like, oh, you're going to get tired. You know, Uh, you're going to push yourself. Uh, Your lungs, because you can go at whatever pace you want, but your legs, they start to go. But it was, people are so positive. Like everyone's trying to lift people up and uh, I, I one thing I tried to do to everybody who gave me a bell ring or had a little sign or just said keep it up or great work I tried to give them a thumbs up or a, a thank you just to really appreciate how they they get you through some stuff that uh, is is a challenge and for them to take their time out to to do that and you know cheer on strangers um, it was it was quite quite neat to be honest with you. it was a neat part of the entire day Gene Principe is a neat guy and one of the best people you could ever meet. And uh, when I saw the story on Sunday, uh, I was really excited for Gene. Puts his mind to uh, something to achieve a goal, and he did it. And uh, the one picture on his Instagram, his last one, was him taking the nap, which I don't blame him <laughs> one bit. So, uh, you, you know, I, I'm always impressed with, uh, with long-distance runners. Uh, it's something that greatly intimidates me. You know, I don't mind biking. I don't mind doing stuff like that. But the running is just like, wow, that, that that's a discipline that is, uh, I think, next level, you know, from a lot of other sports. So, and yeah, I mean, you cover athletes and you understand their discipline and their focus level of their craft and what they're you know, what they're trying to achieve and how goal-oriented they are. And, you know, they look at football. The Elks are going to be on the field tomorrow for the first time, preparing for the Ottawa Red Blacks on Sunday. And the focus will be on that day. The focus will be on that day for Sunday. And they don't think about anything else. It's it's a hyper-focus that you need in pro sports. So it was great to hear from uh, Gene Principe uh, from uh, – 
Sportsnet. He'll be busy coming up next month because the Oilers are going to get going for, for training camp. We'll be in training camp for goodness sakes in, in about a month. So uh, nice for uh, Gene to tell his story about his first full marathon at the Edmonton Marathon. Oilers made some news today. They hire uh, Rick Pracy as the new director of amateur scouting, most recently with the Philadelphia Flyers since 2014. Had uh, 13 seasons with the Colorado Avalanche prior, including uh, the director of amateur scouting from 08 to 14. He named today to the uh, amateur scouting role with uh, the Oilers from uh, by Jeff Jackson, the new CEO of Hockey Ops. Uh, Tyler Wright shown the door. And uh, the Edmonton Elks naming Rick Lawlisher interim CEO, president and CEO. He'll, uh, as he says, just try and be a steady voice, steady hand, calm things down a little bit, help this team to a better place. Can't do everything in the time that he's going to be here, but maybe he can get him on better footing and he'll help with the role of filling the permanent president and CEO position. As I mentioned, Elks back on the field tomorrow. You'll hear some uh, post-practice audio. Also, dive into the world of pro football focus and their work with the CFL. I'm looking forward to that because I love my advanced stats. There you go. Studio producer is Callan Kennedy. My name is Dave Campbell. Have a good evening. Talk to you tomorrow night on Inside Sports. Good night.